This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, Bush Breakaway Fans, welcome to a special Friday night edition, draft edition, step on trade edition of the Bush Breakaway. Greg, say hello. Hey, buddy. We are bringing on Sarah Hall from uh, Five for Howling later on this podcast, who is uh, on this podcast earlier this week, and we talked about a trade with the Arizona Coyotes. Actually, uh, I thought we wouldn't get anything done when we we hung up that phone call, but guess what, Greg? We traded Derek Stepan and Antaraza. Yeah, it, it's surprising that they – it's not surprising that they were both traded. I think it's a little surprising they were both traded in the same package. I, I think so, too. I, I'm surprised – I think we could have gotten more separately, uh, but this might have worked out for us if we got a top seven pick or, or just actually pick number seven and a defenseman named Anthony D'Angelo. And he'll be coming to the Rangers. Uh, he already changed his Twitter profile and they gave him a, a nice welcome. It would be pretty funny if we ended up shipping him out after he has New York Rangers in all caps on his Twitter profile when we gave him this, this amazing welcome. But I have a feeling he's here to stay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get the vibe that he is a piece for the Rangers in the long term. He is a 21-year-old right-handed defenseman who is a offensive the sky's the limit offensively with him this is a kid that put up nearly 90 points in i think 70 games in juniors this he is he's he's a ver- he's a different version of Brady Shea and it's exciting that the rangers have two young defensemen like Shea and D'Angelo who can create offensively while carrying their own defensively when paired with the right people and i think that's really the conversation we need to have here because the talk you and I had had on previous podcasts goes back to if we trade Stepan, we need to get a number one pairing defenseman in return. We did and not do that, though. We did not We did not do that. Um, there's nothing wrong with playing Tony D'Angelo in the top four. I think he will be a second pairing defenseman and probably the quarterback of the Rangers' second power play unit, which I think is a proper home for him right now. Absolutely. Um but the goal was not accomplished here in terms of trading Stepan. In fact, it created massive holes that the Rangers have to fill in order for this trade to be successful. That, in talking with a lot of people on Twitter today, and I know you and I were discussing with our friends in the Discord channel, this trade is hard to judge on its own merit. It's really difficult. The individual pieces involved, the seven pick, in a draft that doesn't have a superstar but is still considered fairly deep in terms of quality talent. Well, from everything I've seen here is that the top three are not what they usually are, but everything is everything else is pretty deep, especially in the first round. So now we this have is, right, right. This is a draft where you kind of want to have multiple a picks. pick between seven and twenty. Exactly. Like that's a nice place to have a draft pick because the guys you're going to get at 7 and 20 are going to be quality NHL caliber players. So we should state right now, we do talk about in the interview what time we're recording this, but we'll say this one more time. The draft right now is just starting as we're recording this. So the Rangers are probably going to make moves either during this or during the weekend. So if you're listening to this and something crazy has happened, that's why we haven't talked about it. This is just really reacting to Stepan and Anthony D'Angelo for right now. Uh, Yeah, and we we literally both have Twitter open. We are scrolling. We see the rumors. It is literally 7 o'clock even right now, and we've already seen reports of the Rangers trading 7 
and 21, plus maybe a contract for the third overall pick. So we are aware that there are rumors out there, but this is the time we were available to record. So we're going to record at this time. And if something crazy happens, we'll talk about it while we're recording. (laughs) I mean, if it happens while we're recording, we will react appropriately, but on Monday uh, or Tuesday night or Tuesday morning, sorry, my my fault. When do I post this podcast again? Uh, James Clark will be coming on and we'll be breaking down all the draft picks. Uh, He's that's what, that's what what James does best. And he'll be talking about all the prospects and how he cried to have two first round picks possibly. So uh, we'll break that down on Tuesday morning. And we're also going to bring on our friend Jeff Belinsky, who's the biggest Devils fan that we know, and he's going to talk about whatever the Devils do at number one overall. Yep, or if they trade down. So that's also a rumor right now, so we'll see what happens. Uh, um, but yeah, back to this trade today. Here's what this trade does. It brings the Rangers more depth defensively, which is needed. Um, it kind of changes, though, what the Rangers are going to do with Shattenkirk and Smith. It, there, for the longest time, you and I have talked about the Rangers signing both doesn't really feel like they're going to sign both anymore. At least the numbers wouldn't really make sense. And by numbers, I don't mean cap space. The Rangers have an embarrassing amount of cap space. 23 million are, if Klein retires. That, if Klein retires, it's 23 million, which is... More than we've had can, in years. Right, exactly. And it's not like there's a whole lot of contracts after this season. Obviously, they're going to have to keep paying Girardi. Stahl's under contract. Uh, Chris Kreider, Lundqvist. That might be it in terms of long-term guys. Well, McDonough, um, you'll eventually have to extend guys like Brady Shea and Zibanejad, but they're not extended now. Not the point. So here's what here's what happened. Okay, tell me because I, have, I need to know. To, you have to play McDonough. You have to play Shea. Um, Obviously, just not in the last the just two. not in the last three minutes of games. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> those are the two locks. Then. D'Angelo and Shea really aren't in positions to be playing on a top pairing. They are not. With McDonough. And I would go so far to say that D'Angelo and Shea aren't in a position to be playing together. Their game styles are too similar. I think you have to break those two up, which means right now the Rangers have one guy on the top line, one guy in the second line. And I guess you can make a case that they've filled their third line pairing, if you want to say Nick Holden is. But the third line pair is either going to be It'll probably be Mark Stahl because we're idiots. And this is if where it's not Stahl. We're about to talk what the major oh. problem is, Greg. The the third line pairing might be Stahl Holden. It might be. No, it, it might I, be. I, I think I really don't think so. I, I you don't trade the guy you require for Derek Stepan and Auntie Ranta is going to be in the lineup. And I, I think it's that simple. And I think it might come at the expense of Nick Holden, which you know you can make a case that it shouldn't because he's. I think Nick Holden is a better fit than. Mark Stahl. I think a Mark Stahl, Anthony D'Angelo pairing would be catastrophic. Um, Mark Stahl and anyone almost, I think, would be catastrophic. But that's not really the point. We also have to hope that Mark, you know, rebounds a little bit at whatsoever. Well, he he can't get worse, can he? I don't think he can. Uh, No. Anyway, (laughs) what the Rangers, what the Rangers do have now is depth, because what we haven't talked about Barry Glazov, we haven't talked about Ryan Graves, we haven't talked about Neil Pionk, we have, I mean, we're in, a, we're in a great position in terms of depth at defense that the Rangers haven't been in a very long time, but their depth is great. The top is still very shallow. They still need a first pairing defenseman with Ryan McDonough. And with all this cap room, all signs as they have been, but now they're zeroing in on Kevin Shattenkirk. I really, with that much room, it doesn't make any sense to go somewhere else. He's going to get an extra year, guys. He definitely is. And he's going to get the money he wants. So we both agree on that, right? 
The term is going to be rough, and he's going to probably get around seven million annually. You, but think, you think he's seven seven? Because that's what I'm feeling. It, it you look at what Neil o, uh, TJ Oshi did today, and you eight. start really thinking he got oh eight my years. God, but he, he they have um, five point seven five. So I mean, yeah, the, the annual hit isn't that bad, but you really, you know, he's on your team until he's thirty eight now. Yeah, so yeah, he, that's it's tough. not great. I'm happy they signed him and not the Rangers, whatever, but. You, when you're evaluating the Kevin Shattenkirk contract, you kind of have to evaluate it just based on the first three years of that deal because the deal is going to get bad. It's That's the way it is. However, you need to find a way to make yourself a winner with Henrik Lundqvist and Net, and that gives you two to three years. That's the window you're working with. So you, you just swallow the end of that contract, and that'll be a problem when it becomes a problem. What you need Kevin Shattenkirk for are the first three years of that deal where he and McDonough will be the top pairing. You look at a second pairing, you could still bring back Brandon Smith, but again, it really, I, I have nothing to confirm this. This is just my own speculation. It really feels like we're at a point now where it's either or as opposed to both. I, I sort of agree, even though we've been spending the whole offseason being like, well, we want both. Why, why wouldn't we get yeah, both? And I, I think it might still be both, right? So here's your the Rangers' three defensive pairs in theory. Ryan McDonough, Kevin Shattenkirk, Brandon Smith, Brady Shea, Tony D'Angelo, and literally anyone but Mark Stahl. Yeah. That's not bad. No. That, I would go so far to say that's very good. Nick, Holden, are, Nick Holden on the third line. You know, not bad. Really, seriously, not no, bad. I, he's, not, he's not the greatest fit for playing with um, D'Angelo in my mind. No. But it, it's okay if your third pairing isn't a perfect fit. It's totally fine. And then you have Shattenkirk and D'Angelo you can use on power plays. It allows Ryan McDonough to be more of that defensively focused, true number one defender. It it makes sense. And the seventh pick, regardless of what kind of talent is in the draft, is still a valuable pick to have. It's a pick people want. Um, but that was a very long preamble to get to the point of this. Yes, go on. <laughs> Trading Derek Stepan creates a massive hole for the Rangers in the forward ranks, which was never really the problem for them last year. The problem last year with the Rangers was we had too many, right? Yeah, we couldn't stop anything, though. That was the problem. So We've we... now lost Oscar Lindbergh, who, even when Stepan gets moved, was never going to be a Stepan replacement. Never. But without Stepan, the Rangers, and I, you know, maybe we were over evaluating Stepan's defensive presence and role on the penalty kill. I think his face-off percentage was under 50. It was. In the defensive zone. Absolutely was. He ranked poorly last year. He still was arguably the best defensive-minded center the Rangers had. And they do not have anyone to fill that hole right now. However you feel about Kevin Hayes, he is not ready for a top six role. He cannot be your number two center and expect to make a deep run in the playoffs. He may be one day. He could eventually get there. He's an extremely talented young player. He's not that guy right now. So you have to find someone to replace Derek Stepan. And the more we talk about it, it really feels like this is a team that's either going to sign Joe Thornton or trade for Matt Duchesne. Those really, it, I can't really judge this trade until one of those two things happen. Both are in play, by the way. Correct. I think, I, I think we'll get the answer on Duchesne tonight because it's going to involve one of the Rangers the, draft picks. Yes, which will happen literally 20 minutes from the end of this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. The, I've, I've 
I floated this on Twitter and no one pointed fingers at me and laughed at me. It's just, it's so hard to get a judgment of what Colorado really wants, but I think you're close on a Duchesne trade. If you do Kevin Hayes, Ryan Graves in the 21st pick that doesn't Joe Sackick doesn't hang up the phone when he hears that offer. Um, where I want to do Miller Graves in the 21st. No, 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 no but, way. We can't. Kevin Hayes, Ryan Graves in the 21st seems like a half decent offer. That's actually, I, I, I don't, I think that's a good trade. I mean, I'm I think if, if, you're a Ranger, if you're a Ranger fan, you like it. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I, I don't, I really, it's impossible to get a read on Colorado. They're so tumultuous with what they want to do trade wise that it, it's nearly impossible to understand what they're thinking at any given moment. Um, I, it's not a bad offer. Uh, there's obviously we talked about talk of the Rangers moving up. There's no one I would want to move up in this draft for. Um, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy if the Rangers, whoever the Rangers get at seven and 21 is going to be good for them. Yeah. I don't know if there's anyone, have nothing left in the system. Like this, right. this is a nice stock for us. There's, there's nothing so tantalizing at three that I would want to trade up for. There just isn't. Uh, right. I, it's no generational talent here. It's no Lion A. No, there's no Lion A. There's no McDavid. There's no Matthews. There's definitely no McDavid. <laughs> there's, there are good players in this draft, but you can get the good players kind of wherever. You can get it. Whoever you're going to get at three is not, there's not a big talent gap between that person at three and who you'd get at seven. Right. It's, it's minuscule. So why not just stick at seven? And well, the other player that we've heard rumors on is Evander Kane. I have no interest. None whatsoever. Seriously, just, if Evander Kane is a Ranger, I will flip out. I, do, I don't like him as a person. I, I don't like his game. Like, he's never really a, become the player he was supposed to be. He's always been this ball of potential. And even when he was 23 and signed with Buffalo, like, that seems like a good sign at the time. But guess what? He's never really performed to the level he was supposed to be. Like, why would I want him as a Ranger? Plus the $6 million cap hit. It's so he has one year left on his contract, so I don't worry too much about the cap hit. However, I mean, offensively, he's he's good. Let's it's just he doesn't fit. There's no fit for Evander Kane. Evander Kane is not a center. I have no interest in acquiring more wingers. I at least in the the draft is whatever it is. I want the best players available at each pick. If the best player available is a winger, take a winger, stash him in the system, let him blossom. Let's see what happens. That's fine. Draft is completely different. Never draft based on need. Never. However, Evander Kane... By the way, I feel like that in all just, sports. Right, exactly. Look, if if you have look Mike at, Trout, but the best player available at your pick is a center fielder, take the fucking center fielder. Look at it, you, Figure Kings. it out later when you need to. Look at you, Sacramento Kings. What are you doing? Anyway. What? You, you don't like the... We don't need to get in the NBA. I actually love the Kings draft. Do you? You, you gotta take Monk. Yeah. You gotta take Monk. What are you doing? I, I don't know if you do. They got Harry... They got Harry Giles. Harry Giles, scored four if healthy, is better than Malik Monk. Scored four and they got points, him at 20. Four points at Duke. Whatever. He was in, well, four points per game. He was injured the entire season. I know. All right, whatever. Not, not getting into this. Not, not that conversation we need to have today. No. Evander, it's just Evander Kane in a capsule. Take away the douchebag that he is because we already traded for one. So, look, we go into with Sarah Hall a big conversation on Tony D'Angelo, the person. And it's an important conversation to have because I don't think you can – it's easy to just look at these guys as jerseys, but... And by the way, I want to just get this out of the way. I just said Evander Kane is, is a bad person, and I wouldn't want, him on, wouldn't want him on my team. The level of which 
thing things that Evander Kane have has done off the ice compared to the level of things that Anthony D'Angelo has done on the ice are totally different. They are in two different categories in my mind. Yeah. Evander Kane, the player, really isn't that bad. He's an offensive force. He scored 28 goals last year. He has a 50-point season under his belt. Evander Kane, when you have him focused on hockey, is perfectly fine in hockey. I, would I pay $6 million for him? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. That might be his market value, if we're being honest. It's just I look at this strictly from a what-does-my-hockey-team-need category, and they don't need Evander Kane. If the Rangers are going to move an asset, they have to do it for a center because that is the that is the hole they've created that's on it. this team. That's that's what yeah, we've done. But and now we now we have a legitimate defense. We need a backup goaltender, which we I'm, don't have a legitimate defense yet. We have the okay. When the we if we sign Shattenkirk, let me say that. Then if we, we have, sign Shattenkirk, yes, I, I think I think the Rangers. I, I I think even just talking to you, I think we still need Smith too. I just, I'm just saying. I would love that. Obviously, I I, I, I fell in love with Smith during the playoff run. Like but, I was so did I. And this is just us talking. It just it feels like it's an either or. In which case, let me put let me say this: if it's either or, and the Rangers only sign Smith, that's an issue. If the if the Rangers can only choose between one, it has to be Shattenkirk. Yeah, Shattenkirk has to be priority number one. Of course. Yeah, there's just they're, they're just the, free they're, the players are they're in totally different realms. Brandon Smith, as good as he was, is still not a top pairing defender. Nope. So, and that's, and that's not a knock on Brandon Smith. He was tough. He, not brought, he brought a lot to the lot to the team, and I want him here. You know, I definitely and, do. And you can make a great argument that Smith Shea was the best pairing the Rangers had in the playoffs. And by saying neither of them are top pairing defensemen, right. is not a knock on them. The I didn't chemistry think you make those an argument. Together, they definitely were. Right, and the chemistry they have together as a second pairing defenseman, not going up against teams number one lines, was perfect. And I would love it if the Rangers could just run that back. And I think they could. It's out, it's out there. I haven't, I'm yet to see anything point to Brandon Smith not being a Ranger next year. Um, but what the Rangers' biggest need now, after the top pairing defender, which was not addressed in the Derek Stepan trade, is a top six center. They need a one or two center. I think Mika as the one is perfectly fine. You will not hear me complain. He has chemistry with just about every forward the Rangers have ever put with him. I've never been disappointed in Mika Zibinijad's on-ice performance. You cannot have Kevin Hayes as your second-line center and be a serious cup contender. You cannot – I do not want to move JT Miller back to center from the wing. I think him moving to wing is a big reason why we saw his offensive blossoming as a player. Okay. And I, I wouldn't hey, want to touch can that. Can I interrupt you for a minute? Yeah. So Nolan Patrick was supposed to go first, right? Who went? No, I, I've heard Nico. Nico went first. Yeah, uh, Jeff, um, who again we'll have on Monday. Nico was the guy Jeff wanted. Okay, all right. So um, I don't necessarily think that's a big shock. I think it was a coin flip between either of them. Again, this is a year. This is a year where there is not a clear number one. Exactly. So. Exactly. All right. Well, good for I, good for the Devils, I guess. I still can't believe they won the first pick. That's ridiculous. Yep, Jeff Jeff's already texting me very positive things about Nico. It's so ridiculous. All right. Take take that as you will. Um, hey, let's talk backup goaltender real quick. Let's. Keith Kincaid. Let me get him. We love him. Let me get him. <laughs> love him. Free agent. I know. I know Keith had a down year last year, but remember it. It's. I think Ranger fans are okay with this. You just have to remember the type of player Ronta was when he came to New York. And you have to remember the type of Cam Talbot played at U Alabama Huntsville. Hmm. Not exactly a hotbed of NHL talent. You're trying to tell me Alabama is not a hockey state? 
It's not, you oh, know, okay. it's, it's a state for one thing, and that's Roll Tide. Roll um, tide and I guess Auburn for everyone else who doesn't Roll Tide. But I'm not saying Benoit Allaire creates good goalies, but I'm saying he gets the most out of what he's given. You're not. Can, can. He definitely creates good goalies. <laughs> I, you know, I just I don't want to I don't want to say it out loud. I will I will do it for you. Benoit Allaire is a magician when it comes to creating great goalies. I, I would love Keith. I think whoever the Rangers get needs to be prepared to play, you know, anywhere between 25 and 35 games a year, which is, you know, in line maybe, or maybe even a little more than your typical backup would. I, I'm i not too worried about who the Rangers' backup goalie is. It's, it's not my biggest concern. I'm much more con- – this trade creates a hole in the top six on the penalty kill and in defensive zone face-off situations that needs to be answered. And – let me put it this way. I love Joe Thornton. He has been one of the most entertaining players to watch throughout his entire career. And I know it's been reported that he has legitimate interest in ending his career with the Rangers. That's something he's always wanted to do. I, I would, think he I can, would love I, him on this team. I would, I would love him on a two-year deal. And if you have to give him three to get it done, then I will just suck it up. I'll yeah. deal with it. That's the window, right? The three that, that's that's Hank's window in my mind. You have three years with Hank. We got three years left to win it with Hank. That's I'm, right. I'm with you entirely with you. That's it. And I think I, you have enough young pieces on this team where when Hank decides to step away, you don't have to do a complete rebuild. We'll be okay. We'll be all right. Um, I just I I just I struggle, and we talk about this with Sarah. This is a great trade for the Coyotes. I don't think there's any way around that. I they, totally forgot Philly got the second pick. God damn it! Fuck Philly. Um, Again, there's no one. I'm not worried about anyone Philly takes. Right, they're, they're going to take no one, Patrick, obviously. But good for them. I, I don't care. He'll be a perfectly fine second line player at his peak one day, which <laughs> is great. But it doesn't scare me at all. Okay. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna end this podcast and wrap this up shortly and go watch the rest of the draft. But great trade for the Coyotes. This trade individually is impossible to evaluate until. We figure out if the Rangers one make another move or two don't. If the Rangers don't make another move, this is oh, this is a awful. horrific a ca- trade, a catastrophe, horrific <laughs> trade. By the way, speaking of horrific trades, if we don't sign Smith again, we give away a second and a third. That's a lot, man, for a rental. Yeah, we had we had extra seconds though. It doesn't totally bother me. It, it, when you don't have, I mean, was Smith really making us the contender that you know it really wasn't? I, well, I, at, the same, at the same time, I think the draft picks you trade for Smith are washed away because now you have an extra first rounder this year. Fine, fine. I, I, I still think that was a terrible trade, especially when we're depleted in the minor leagues, if uh, if that's the case, in the AHL and all of our other systems. So I, I just can't justify trading a second and a third uh, for Smith, even though I love Smith and I, I, I thought we'd try and re-sign him. But it just doesn't. I can't validate it, especially when there's no chance we get him back if, if we're signing Shattenkirk and a bunch of other players. All it comes down to with this, we will be able to have a thorough and full discussion about this trade once we know what the bigger picture is. And the problem with this trade is if there is no bigger picture, it's horrific. And I think every sensible Ranger fan needs to realize that. This trade is only good in the scope of there is a bigger plan. If there's a bigger plan, great. But that bigger plan would need to include signing Shattenkirk, re-signing Smith and making a move for a top top two center. And if that's Duchesne or Thornton, I'm in. 
Or, if it's a player of less caliber than either of those guys, I have a lot of concerns. I have a lot of concerns also. If it's both, I'm giddy with joy. I, I don't think – it wouldn't make sense for the Rangers to trade for Duchesne and then turn around and sign Thornton. They don't have that like, – it, because it doesn't make sense to have Kevin Hayes as your fourth-line center. It doesn't? I've seen Kevin no. Hayes play last year. It, well, it doesn't <laughs> make sense for Matt Duchesne to be your third-line center. That's fair. He would be if a, you're getting Duchesne, I feel like he'd be whoever, second and Joe, Joe Thornton would play third. You, uh, there's no point in putting Thornton as your third line center. Mm. Those guys need to play top six roles to justify one, the money they're going to get, and two, the in Duchesne's case, the value, the assets you're going to give up to get them. Okay. Um, what, what I would be interested in, either trade for Duchesne or sign Thornton, bring back Ryan Boyle. Let Ryan Boyle be your fourth line center. I like that. He's actually. a free agent. I like that. He, he would probably sign here pretty cheap, right? I wouldn't say pretty cheap. Uh, it'd be less than $3 million, I would imagine. That's true. I, I'd be fine with that. I like Brian Boyle on this team. I think he's still a valuable player. Um, and he fills a big penalty kill and defensive zone faceoff role that the Rangers need to. With, and, and and not to be that whenever, guy, but also like locker room presence, you know? Sure. Yeah. I, I think Brian Boyle would be a great fit. And look, if there's any player in the NHL that can straighten out Tony D'Angelo, it's Brian Boyle. Oh. Oh, wait, never mind. No one, no one Patrick drafted second overall. Never mind. I thought it was somebody else. No. Okay. Um, well, since okay, so the Rangers are about to be on the clock shortly, or something might happen with this third pick, so we should go. All right, uh, we're gonna go throw this over to Sarah. Uh, guys, obviously, we're not talking about the draft. Come back Tuesday morning for your full draft analysis with James Clark, and we're gonna throw it over to Sarah now. Peace out. Hey, welcome back to a special episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway, recording on a Friday night. Exactly what I want to be doing, but we have Sarah Hall back from Pfeiffer Howling SB Nation. Hi. Hey, Sarah, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> You've had a very busy day as an Arizona Coyote writer, I would assume. Well, I've had a very busy uh, about almost 24 hours because of the news that dropped last night into to this morning. You have a and it, you're still out in Vegas too. So tell us everything that's going on in Vegas. How crazy it is out there. Oh no! I drove home yesterday. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Well, I drove I drove home yesterday. So they waited. They were nice enough to wait until I got home to shatter everything. How nice of them. At least you're in your own house to be like, hey, do you not want to sleep again? Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was a very long sleepless night. <laughs> well, how about this? Let's go through chronologically your last 24 hours. So everything starts out with the, the firing of um, Tippett, right? Yeah. So about 7.30 yesterday, I got a tip from a source that a big announcement was coming. And then at 8 o'clock, because of course they would announce it on 8 o'clock the day before the draft, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that they've tipped it and the team has mutually agreed to part ways. Um, basically, they bought out his contract and he's getting $3 million to walk away. Must be uh, nice. That the Coyote. Yeah. So at that point in time, that left the Coyotes with no one C, no captain, no goalie, no real number one defenseman to play with Ekman Larson, no president of hockey operations, or no CEO. Well, that wasn't well, that wasn't anything anyone saw coming, right? I hadn't heard anything about there being I, a whole lot of uh, friction between the coaching staff and the front office. I haven't heard anything about it. Um, I had someone mention that it seemed like Tippett wasn't really involved anymore, which... Okay, new owner maybe wants to back off since they did take out the VP of hockey ops 
the not the VP, the president of hockey ops position when they bought out the uh, other owners. But I I had not heard anything. Um, but yeah, I this came kind of out of left field, and we were all half the half the fans were happy, half the fans were going, "What the hell just happened?" So that was your first. That sounds fair. The first thing that happened, uh, and then obviously you transformed your entire team. Then you started fleecing the Blackhawks. Was that fair to say? Oh yes. So in forty-five minutes, we fixed three of our issues. <laughs> I, you got so give, what you gave up for Jalmerson to me seems like not a whole lot. It, it really does feel like from the Blackhawks end, it was a complete salary dump. It was a complete dump of salary for um, Jalmerson to Arizona. Murphy has a has five years left on his contract. Um, it's, Murphy loves the kid, but. He came into the league a little too early. Um, he came in at 21 because they were desperate for defense. Big body. He he will use him. He likes that type of defenseman. Just be prepared for lots and lots of turnovers. Lots. <laughs> well, or bad pinches. Yeah, we're used to that. Um, with this, now, so with the Blackhawks trade, uh, you obviously just said you fixed three of your problems in 24 hours. You you think uh, trading for Stepan was obviously one of those fixes, and you think Ranta's the other one? Yes. So you, um, Ranta, yeah. So you're on the on the side already of of already loving this trade for 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 the Coyotes. I am because a it got Anthony D'Angelo out of our system. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a we had a very we have a logjam of defensemen in Arizona. Like, Maloney was drafting lots and lots and lots and lots of defensemen. And most of them are still in junior at this point. So we we have a lot of defensemen. Uh, losing D'Angelo isn't that big because we can afford to lose him because we have Kyle Wood. Um, and the seventh overall, that means Shaika doesn't think that there's much worth drafting at seven. The name that, so obviously rumors, we wouldn't have talked on Monday if there weren't rumors connecting the Rangers and the Coyotes together. But right. today, this morning, it really sounded like things were picking up and then obviously the deal got done. The name I saw most Rangers insiders and fans were getting excited about was Stromy. How excited are you that it wasn't him included in this deal? I'm pretty stoked that he is not in this deal. Um we ha- we can with now we have center depth in the organization of the Coyotes. Last year they had like none. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing in Stepan, and then you have Keller, Strom, Dvorak. You have Ryan McInnes, who's buried in um, the AHL right now, who could be a really good fourth line center. You have Brad Richardson and Jordan Martinook. Martinook can play center. You uh, they just brought in Nick Cousins. Like you have. Multiple options now. Um, they can develop Strom at the pace that he needs now, even if that means starting him in the AHL. And there are really two conversations we need to have right now. We need to talk about Tony D'Angelo, the hockey player, and then Tony D'Angelo, the human being. Let's focus on yeah. D'Angelo, the hockey player, because this is still a 21-year-old 
potential, the offensive potential with him as a defenseman is off the charts. And there is obviously stuff for him to figure out with his hockey game. What kind of yeah. player are the just player are the Rangers getting in this deal in Tony D'Angelo? Um, he has okay. D'Angelo has very good ice vision, but a lot of the, it, it sometimes it feels like he's just a step behind. Um, he'll have a bad pinch. He'll turn the puck over. You know, just typical twenty-one-year-old defenseman in the league kind of things. Um, but when they had him partnered with Jacob Chikrin, who was 18, by the way, um, that was a very young defensive pairing, and we all just went, why? Um, so, so really, what is his ceiling as a player, do you think? Like, I, I heard you say you were pretty – it seemed like you were saying you were pretty happy to get rid of him, but I'm assuming that that's him because of his attitude. That's, that's, a, that's a person. That's, that's, that's the person. Um, Ceiling-wise, he's going to be a great offensive defenseman, and he's a right-handed offensive defenseman. So I'm not saying Carlson. I mean, <laughs> not even on. close. Come on, <laughs> Carlson is a <laughs> not even close. He's a god among men, I would say. I've, uh, we had a playoff series against him, and I really never want to play against him again. So, uh, I, I you played against him on a broken foot. Yeah, <laughs> and we lost. So that didn't feel good. Thanks, Av. But but. D'Angelo right now, if, if we're being completely ob- objective about it, he fits in as a top four defenseman and kind of a, a quarterback on the power play, if I'm reading him correctly. Yes. So he, he is a good uh, – he was quarterbacking the second power play unit um, when he was up with the Coyotes. And then when Ekman Larson left for the last few games of the season, he was quarterbacking the first power play um, he's a little rough around the edges with his play. He doesn't, he finishes his checks, you know, the typical hockey player talk, but he, um, he knows what he's doing. It's just sometimes his, um, execution is a little rough. Um, which is what you would expect you know, for a 21 year old who really hasn't had a lot of development time. Right. Um, he was very good in Tucson. Um, so if he ends up having, like, he ends up in Hartford for a little while, he'll definitely help your lack of prospects. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, we got two, we got two picks in the first round tonight. Let's go. <laughs> Woo! Yay. Now, I, I mean, everyone has, a, it's a difficult conversation to have, but I think it's a necessary one. I do think we need to talk a little bit about D'Angelo the person, because, this is okay. a guy that got suspended eight games for making uh, a homophobic comment to a teammate on the ice in the in juniors, and from everything, this is this is a guy who, when was drafted, was considered a top ten talent, and he fell outside the top twenty because people were worried about his makeup. And I don't want to use the word give up, but it seems like two organizations who have defensive needs. Have decided to have decided it's a better hockey move to move on from this kid before his twenty second birthday. So I think that mm-hmm. it, it is a conversation we need to have. And obviously, Ryan and I do not have a lot of. Uh, we we just haven't experienced a lot of D'Angelo. You have. What yeah. what what kind of head case are the Rangers getting? Okay, so a lot of people will try 
So he was suspended last year for abusive official. We're just going to put, I'm going to say that now. Okay. Um, but that was for, um, like, trying to do an arm hold break. Um, it was the New Year's, New Year's Eve game against Dallas. He got suspended for three games for abusive official. And this is when people started to realize that this is not the first time he's done that. Um, mm. So, like you mentioned, um, abusive official and junior, not abusive official, he was using a racial slur against the ref in junior. And then he used homophobic slurs against his own teammates in junior. And Chikrin was on that team when he got suspended for abuse of official. Um, D'Angelo got sent out of Sarnia. Like, they just shipped him out to get rid of him. So this is this is a pattern that is a little concerning, especially that he's 21. A lot of people are saying, well, he plays great hockey. Don't worry about it. We've heard this conversation before, and that is something that, that is for a completely other podcast. Um, <laughs> but he's he is a very loud, very New Jersey. Um, he is a um, huge Trump supporter, which gets him off on the radar of a lot of people anyways. Um, he just he's he high character, very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that it's the thing that worries me. And this this is a conversation I had with a friend as well off the podcast. Since he's from New Jersey, this can go one of two ways in my mind. Either he's coming home, he'll be around his comfort zone. And he'll have people around him that could keep him on the straight and narrow that maybe weren't there in Tampa Bay and mm -hmm. Arizona. Or returning home could really be the worst thing in the world for him because, you know, in some way, shape, or form, this is – I don't want to condemn his parents. I've never met him. But this right. is a result of how he was raised. He didn't just all of a sudden move to Tampa or the juniors in Arizona and learn these things about himself. There is a certain – pattern that has to go into this type of person to make him this way from a very young age. And that, right. that's the thing that concerns me because look, maybe, and I, I hope that it's the scenario of where he gets around family, he gets around friends. He's in a very comfortable environment. He tones it down off the ice. He focuses on his hockey because inside of this person is a very talented hockey player who has the potential to accomplish almost anything. And, or being at home is the worst thing in the world because that happens. Being at home could be the worst yeah. thing in the world for a player. I think that's why a lot of players don't go back home. You see that across sports. They say, you know, you have to take care of everyone that's around you. Everyone's asking you for stuff. Everyone's asking you for tickets. You have to figure that all out before the games. You know, I've heard many different athletes talk about that, not particularly in hockey, but in other sports. So that, like, like Greg, like right. you said, that could be a damning issue. Or he could just feel at home, like, I'm back in New Jersey here I am. I have all my friends and family supporting me now, uh, and I can maybe get my stuff together here. I hope so. Like he is a very good hockey player. Just he needs to sort himself out. Uh, so I, my yeah. like, I, what am I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, like, after his suspension was served, he did get sent back down to Tucson. They sent him down there to grow up a little bit. To, so it was a little bit of a punishment from the team side getting sent back down because you can't do that. Like, 
You can't. That, that, you that, that can't seems touch like the calmest way to put it. Are yeah, you, that seems like the calmest way to put are it. Are you trying to say you can't try and break arms of people on the ice? That doesn't, you know, I like that a player. I'm just trying to buy into the system here. He's a good guy. Um, he's just doing, just trying to help the team by doing whatever he can. That's that's what he does. That's, uh, that's why I'm convincing myself. Uh, so you feel like you clearly won this trade, I'm assuming? We filled two needs that we needed. Um, I am excited about Ranta, and he's actually very excited to be get out to be getting out from underneath Hendrik Lundqvist. As he should be. Um, as he should be. He's always played well against the Western Conference, uh, too, when he was in Chicago. Um, we know it's a small sample size, but he's still one of the better goalies um, that was available in the free in the market. He was incredible for us this year. So you enjoy. Uh... And he's also a joyous person, so you'll you'll enjoy having him as your starting goalie. And I don't know if you know this, but we're pretty good at shipping backup goalies that become good starters. So, right. Yeah, I mean, I'll, his, just like his camp quotes probably. today, his quotes today were like, "I'm so excited, and I'm going to bring sunscreen so I don't burn." Yeah, he's he's yeah. absolutely wonderful, and we will miss him. Uh, I don't no idea where our backup goalie is going to be at this point in time. So, uh, it's a loss, but it, I I feel like the seventh pick in this draft might be worth it. Rumors are right now, and by the way, I'm just going to say this for everyone else listening, we're recording at 6.50, so we're 10 minutes before the draft right now, but rumors are the Rangers might trade up to third at this point in time, just broke on Twitter. So I'm hoping we don't do that, and I'm hoping we get two players in the first round, but we'll see, because I, I know the top three are, are really not uh, the strongest of all they've been in the past couple of years. We've had generational talents for the last couple drafts, so... <laughs> yeah. And, and we, uh, this year, uh, the rumor mill is not so much, so I would not like to trade up to the top three this time, but that might be happening, so by the time this comes out, you'll you'll know, though, uh, what it, what has happened. Uh, Greg, any other uh, last questions here? I just, from a Coyotes standpoint, this really does fill two of the bigger holes you had, and it really does sound like, Ryan, you asked Sarah, and I'll, I'll add in, this trade is a significant loss for the Rangers because it creates holes in other parts of the team if the Rangers don't do anything else. I, I really do think this is a move clearly, and you and I will talk about this with each other, where the Rangers made this move in preparation of making a series of other moves because this move on its own does not make sense for the New York Rangers. And Sarah, I, I guess my last question, I know – we kind of talked about this before when it comes mm -hmm. to Strom. There were clear players you would have been uncomfortable giving up for Stepan and Ranta. If this trade is Max Domi instead of Tony D'Angelo, how would you feel about it? It would, if they hadn't have gone out earlier and got Nick Dalmerson, I would be okay with it being Domi. But if they had still gotten, you know, uh, if they had still gotten Jalmerson and then traded Domi and not traded out a defenseman on the right side, because they've pretty much said that uh, Jalmerson's going to be playing with Oliver Ekman Larson. They've played together before. They play wonderfully together. Oliver is very excited to have a friend. Um, I would be concerned because they're still looking for uh, right wing depth. And if you take out Domi, that there goes another left wing. They are packed on that side, but that would be giving up on Domi way too fast. And I personally wouldn't want to send Max Domi to New York uh, to wreak havoc on the Maple Leafs forever and ever. 
I wish we got a center back also. <laughs> because I'll tell you, you just bragged about having all these centers. Uh, I don't. I think we have two now. Greg, we we have we have three if they decide to move JT Miller back to center. But I would never do that. Um, like I said, Sarah. First of all, you're going to enjoy the hell out of both Stepan and Ranta just as locker room guys. I think they were two of maybe the more um, approachable players in the locker room. Vocal, Stepan, vocal and happy players. Yeah, Step Stepan has a doofy looking face, but you ask him the right questions, he opens up. And I, I mean, we talked about this on Monday. Stepan, I, he was he's both underrated and partially overrated. I don't think he's worth the cap hit that's going to be attached to him for the next four years. But this is a guy that's only 27 years old. It's not like you have to pay him into his age 35 season. He's right. He's he's not a liability on the penalty kill or in defensive zone faceoffs. He's going to produce 45 to 50 points. He's going to score you 20 to 25 goals. He's not the kind of guy that will create scoring opportunities, but he is. That's what Max Domi's for. Right, exactly. You have you have plenty <laughs> of talent to put around him, and this is this is a guy that can anchor a top six line any day on any team, and. It's it's a bummer to see him go, but it's also kind of exciting because I'm super curious to see where the Rangers go next. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting for you guys since you are kind of in the win now or forever, Hank is going to be mad. Right. Yeah. It's, that's exactly it. Stepan was perfect for the team in the short run, but I understand why the Rangers saw an opportunity to move four years at $6.5 off of their cap hit. It's okay. The Coyotes are about 5.25 from the floor. Yeah, so, you guys um, will be okay. Still add. <laughs> we're we're going to be okay. Sarah, enjoy <laughs> your, your brand new wonderful team, uh, which is looking like to be a very exciting team to watch next season. And obviously we'll have a lot of hype around them going to the season. So you'll be having a great time covering yeah. that, I'm sure. I will. It's, we're still kind of just going, this is real. Yeah, people care. And your GM is 26, right? He is now 28. And he's fleecing the Blackhawks left and right. So good for him. Uh, yeah. Math, math wins, everybody. Math wins. All right. Sarah, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad you made it back home from Vegas alive. And uh, and hopefully up money? Question mark? No money. Okay. I, All right. I, I walked away with 20 cents. Hey, that's up. That's up. Hey, you, you walked away with 20 cents, a number a top two center, a starting goalie, and a top pairing defenseman. So I think you did okay. Mark that down as a win. Yes. <laughs> All right, Sarah. We'll have you on when we play the Coyotes next year, which I'm sure will happen. Sounds great. All right, Sarah. Get, uh, Greg, say goodbye. Bye. 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 This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.